1971, a young boy embarked upon a quest. A quest to find the perfect job. Now, 50 years later, and with more jobs than years alive, it's time for his story to be told. This is Jobs My Dad Did. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Jobs My Dad Did. The unbelievable true story of one man's quest to find the perfect job. My name's Jono, and as usual, I'm joined by my brother Andrew. Thank you, good to be here. And the man who's had more jobs than hairs on his head, my father, DK. Well, I don't know, I haven't got any hairs on my head. (laughs) It's been great. (laughs) You had a few. All right, so I know in the first episode, I said that we're going to focus on the 80s, 90s and noughties. But today, we're going to move back. We're making an exception. We are going back to the 70s. Back back, to the future. 1978 to be precise. We're in from the book. With job number nine. So open up the novel. Let's get into it, shall we? Do we want to know a quick update on how the novel's going? (laughs) I've been told to keep it quiet. The same as what it was going to do (laughs) the last time. (laughs) Don't want to give too much away. Scholastic, I heard. (laughs) Kids book now. You can't. You can't. You can't write a fairy tale. (laughs) Of course. Job number nine. Mm. Oh, it's early early stuff. Job nine. The Cinema Projectionist. Oh, sounds right up your alley, mate. You love your films? I do. It was the late 70s, and Dad was in a phase of his life where he modelled his appearance on Serpico. For those not familiar with Serpico, Frank Serpico was a New York City cop who during the 60s and 70s went undercover to expose a raft of corruption throughout the NYPD. It's a film as well. It's not. That a might sound a little story. odd, but you based, see it wasn't Based the, on a true story. Okay wasn't the actual Frank Serpico dad had based his appearance on, rather Al Pacino's cinematic portrayal of Serpico in the 1973 film by the same name. And what I do remember dad bragging about a, a story where he's walking on the street and someone yelled out, hey Serpico, hey Serpico. That's right. Serpico, Serpico. And I thought I got Serpico. it, I've got the look. Yeah, I think you did nail it actually. It was a look he pulled off with striking similarity. Now I don't mean to be presumptuous, but I think it might just have been this undercover cop look that helped Dad land this very position. If you're not familiar with how Serpico looks, I know you would be, Dad. No, it's Al Pacino. He's a bit of an... I thought he had a bit more of an afro, but it's more of a... Long, wispy so, hair, beard. You know what? The one thing... Um, Sunny's on your head. Dad's also familiar with pulling off uh, a, diff- a look of a different person. He certainly has. Mm-hmm. Remember when he was back at the film compositor job, he pulled off a... Uh, a look oh, yes. for the missing son. That's He's it. had history. <laughs> yes. He, he also looked like Shane Bourne for another reason. <laughs> he, did, he? he did look like When he was up. far too young to look like Shane Bourne <laughs> as well. Know, I think that's debatable. <laughs> People confuse you. They thought you were an invited guest to an event at one point. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this. It's another story. Thank God you're here. Is that him? Now, the, <laughs> now the position that Dad got was assistant cinema projectionist. Again, another position Dad had neither the experience nor the training to undertake, but yet again, a position he was able to secure. He'd actually ventured into the cinema to inquire to inquire about the position of cleaner. Okay. <laughs> but by some unexplainable logic, the man in charge, Mr. Cooper, offered him the position. Any reason why? Well, he actually said, would you like to be a film projectionist? And like an idiot, I said, what's that? 
and he's then and he said, "Well, if you go to the Royal Cinema, they'll show you." So I went over there, and oh, that was a... and then I went back to see him, and uh, I saw that looks all right, and he said, "Well, you you got the job." He's probably thankful he didn't hire you as cleaner as well. I think. Yeah, based on Dad's history with cleaning. <laughs> Shock bombs take on a whole different <laughs> view in Dad's mind. Mr. Cooper hired him on the spot. I suppose if there's any place in the world where a resemblance to Al Pacino would help you gain employment, it would be a cinema. It's hard to believe that something like this could ever occur, but unbelievably this was in fact the second time Dad had gained employment <laughs> based solely on the resemblance to another person. <laughs> the first time, the missing person. That's all right. This time, Serpico. As you said, Andrew, we covered that one in season one as well. It's probably many others as well. I just don't know <laughs> yeah, about it. Find out. <laughs> Even though Dad started without any skill or any knowledge, he learned quickly and soon had ambitions to be made a certified projectionist. It might seem like a crazy ambition, especially seeing nowadays that films are screened digitally with a click of a button by some young pimple-faced kid getting paid minimum wage. Dad was already about 18 then, weren't you? He wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I was probably a pimple-aged kid then. <laughs> yeah. But back in Dad's day, it was a technical job and a job that paid highly. Did it? And it paid pretty well, yeah. It wasn't bad. So how did it work what? to play each movie? What was technical about it? Uh, you had to rewind the film. That doesn't um, sound hard. Put it up on the projector. Oh, it is a bit of mucky. Oh, it's on the reel. You'd have uh, to splice the rolls together. Then you had to splice any um, torn joins and things. You had a splicing machine for that. And you Add had the to set, it, set the aperture at the right setting. And um, yeah, make sure. In those days, it had a, a, a sort of a, a, a bit of a thing you had to burn inside. So you had to get that right as well. Like a carbon stick thing. Okay. And this machine, this projector was about the size of a what a wardrobe. No, that was another one. That the other Royal, that was a bigger machine. This this one was like a barrel, and it wasn't that. It wasn't that wine that barrel. <laughs> not a wine barrel. Not quite as big as that, but it's fairly big. Port barrel. And you opened it up on the side, and that's where the carbon the stick was. In okay. There. And you had to set that in it and start up a flame and. I'll probably cut yeah. this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry no, if, I'm going, right. if I'm going in too much detail. That's interesting. We used some... to play a game and try and see how far we could burn the carbon stick down. Oh, because you have to replace it. Yeah, we had to replace it. And, and uh, sometimes we'd get too far down and it'd start to pit the mirror inside there. So would it turn the movie off if you'd burnt it? Oh, down? yeah, it'd start to flicker on the screen. <laughs> how annoying for people <laughs> paying like, to watch a movie in this It was like they were watching it by candlelight <laughs> after a while. <laughs> It was a complex task in a complex position, but one that Dad liked for a while anyway. One of the aspects of the job that made it one of DK's favourites was the people. It seemed that the cinema attracted a sort of employee that was as entertaining as the actors on the screen. No one was more interesting than a colleague of DK's who went by the name Smokey Salgada. Oh, yeah, Smokey. One of your pals. <laughs> Smokey could be described as a free spirit. He would forever be walking a tightrope with management, precariously balanced with one more slip-up potentially leading to his dismissal. <laughs> Tell you what, Smokey knows that. I answer the question, how do you have fun at work? <laughs> <laughs> Dad recalls three of Smokey's biggest indiscretions. The first was when Smokey was responsible for ruining the cinema's copy of The Godfather. The second was when he threw a roll of film at a manager... 
<laughs> and the third was and, and I should add, when he threw that film at the manger, he thought that was me coming up the steps <laughs> because I put a twist in the reel and oh. that snapped because of me. That was my fault. Oh. And the third when was the third was when Smokey would sleep in the storage cupboard <laughs> during <Exactly>. a shift. <laughs> was he living there or uh, during a shift? Well, he was. What was happening? He, he'd been newly married, and his wife wouldn't leave him alone during the night, so he wasn't getting much sleep. So he came to, to work to... Looking, looking terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, he said, please let me sleep in this cupboard and you can run the show. And uh, I said, okay. Oh, I said, you go in there, it's all fine. Because oh, you were the assistant. Mm. Like... Your manager came up a couple of times looking for him. And I said, oh, he's in the toilet or he's not. Sleeping you know. in the cupboard. Yeah. Thankfully, Smokey was never caught in that cupboard. Nope. That may have been too much for Mr. Cooper to forgive. As Dad explained it, Smokey felt he had a very valid reason for sleeping in the cupboard. That reason was, Smokey was married to a sex maniac. <laughs> That's exactly what I just said. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The sex would be never-ending, and it was even too much for a man that goes by the name Smokey Salgada. He was on fire, smoking. <laughs> Smokey, <yeah. laughs> Smokey would be so exhausted and fatigued that he once spent an entire shift sleeping in that emptied-out film cupboard. Harry Potter-like. Poor man. Is. One of your favourites, Andrew, there as well. <laughs> Now, Smokey wasn't the only employee crossing the line. Across a period of weeks, Dad witnessed a group of his fellow workers use their free time to hand drill a small <laughs> hole through a concrete wall. What for? The <laughs> it sounds like there'd be a pervy reason. <laughs> the wall was over half a metre thick, but the group persisted. <laughs> half a metre thick? You see, these workers were trying to create a small peephole. <laughs> Jesus pe Christ. The peephole... Leading into the women's change rooms. Oh my god, change rooms. <laughs> they must have been inspired by the film Porky's, which they no doubt were in charge of showing at the cinema. Dad assures me he wasn't part of this group. Never made it no. through. Did they ever well, make I wasn't, it through? I, they wasn't that I wasn't that stupid to think that a little bit of wire, you know, bending it around and round, that you're going to get through this thick, you know, concrete bloody wall. It's also... Guys, I imagine those guys, guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone on to bright things. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably all in prison now. On top of the entertainment supplied by the staff, one of the other perks of the job was that you could watch a new movie for free. This, however, was also a curse, especially if a film became popular and you were the one in charge of showing it. One particular movie that gained huge popularity during DK's time was the teen comedy musical Grease. In total... Dad showed Grease 134 times. Still twitching. Ever rewatched it? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> so he heard the song Grease Lightning 134 times. He saw Sandy fall for Donny, Danny Zuko 134 times. Exactly. And he saw the 1948 Ford Deluxe magically fly into the sunset 134 times. It was a fantastic ending. I couldn't even remember that ending. He also saw 40-year-olds play teenagers for <laughs> yeah. 134 times. And what a lot of people don't realise about that movie, it's very dirty. There's a lot of dirty jokes in it, but no one, everyone's just saying, oh, it's this fun teenage thing, but it's yeah. also it's um, not. <laughs> been kind of quite controversial, I think, of later school decided not to... Uh, not to use it as their school play. Basically, the main <laughs> character of it, uh, Sandy, changes her complete personality to get Johnny uh, John Travolta's yeah. character. Becomes and that's the message. Yeah. It is an unusual <laughs> message to be sending. <laughs> I don't know at what number of screenings Dad developed a strong dislike for John Travolta, 
But I do know he's never watched Grease again and will go out of his, go out of his way to avoid any John Travolta film. Mm. Actually, I don't know if I ever asked you how you knew you saw Grease 134 <laughs> times. You're scratching that in the wall like you're in a well, prison. Well, I think that was the case after a while. We thought, how long can this go on for? And it went on and on and on for months on end. And oh, it was just horrible. You've got such a precise number there, though, 134. <laughs> well, did... I think we started to keep count after a while. We thought, how yeah. long are we watching this? So however many times it shows per week. Yeah. Smokey, how many times he slept See, in on, the on a, on a shift, I would have shown it twice. So twice a day I was watching so it. So it was there for about 60... How long six, were you at the job 67 consecutive days. One. Uh, three years. You had this job for three oh, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so it could have kept going, but uh, but what I realised about the cinema job, even though I like movies, no one wants to watch the same movie a hundred times, mm. and I think that's no, that's, that's, that's fair. That's, that sounds... Unless it's your favourite. Uh. <laughs> so that was that was something I didn't factor in when I got into the probably job. cut out a lot of your dating um, opportunities as well. You can't <laughs> take True. anyone to the cinema to watch a movie because you've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> While there, was a lot of, while there was a lot of great aspects of working at the cinema, DK eventually left in the early 80s after Mr. Cooper continually refused to train him to be a certified projectionist. Three Maybe Dad should have changed his Serpico look to a Danny Zuko look. <laughs> Something popular. And that's the end of job number nine. So, as is the case with season two, this is the time where I hand the reins over to Andrew and he's going to fire some... Poorly written questions at you. Andy's exit interview. Well, I can. Andy's exit interview. I can believe it. And I think he might have a stinger this week, don't he? Oh, not a stinger. Well, let's leave a little He hasn't got a prop this time, so I'm a bit worried. No, that might be coming. That's Uh, my... (laughs) Andy's exit interview. Here we go. We're underway. So what was your your highlight of this job? Was it getting to know Smokey? Getting to know his backstory? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fantastic people I met through it. Um, Usherettes and other projectionists and things. And just, you know, working in the industry was good. So what's the one lesson you learned? Not to drill a hole, try to drill a hole through a wall? <laughs> um, something you could take away. Probably not to twist a film. I think that's what I've learned. Not, I think that that's even be, possible these days. I think that was, uh, you <laughs> Don't know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, poor old Smokey, I felt sorry for him. <laughs> How was Smokey there the whole time you were there? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So yeah. he was there the three yeah. years as well. So, um, again... If you were headhunted, come yep. up, DK. Got the old film reels out. We're going to start showing <laughs> Grease Lightning again, but maybe a different movie. Would you go back? Was this your dream job? No, I'd be too scared uh, in case they put Grease Lightning back on again, or, you know, uh, Grease, I should say. Um, yeah, I'd be terrified. Still giving you nightmares. Still get twitches now. So, yeah, no, I couldn't handle no. that. Sounds like this job was pretty decent to you, though. So, what would you score yeah, this was, one I out said of 10? That, um, if you were to score it. Probably a seven and a half. Oh, well, he's gone to half. I think that's yeah. the top. That yeah. might be the top score yeah. we've had so far. <laughs> I'll have to put a leaderboard up because I think that is number one. You're, yeah. So far, that's as close as Dad's got to a dream job. No, he's never Hold a lot on. of fun. I just handed Dad. Oh, my God. Dad, what, what, what have we got this? here? I thought it looked like Gherkins. Chinese five spice. That's right. I'm spicing it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Again, we've got this an actual... <laughs> It's like some vaudeville bloody um, <laughs> performance from years ago. <laughs> I don't even know what that reference is. Yeah, it's how old the reference look, is. We know it's old. Look, anyway. look it up. It's old. Okay, so we've got an interview question, an actual interview question that we're going to ask you and get your opinion okay, on. Okay, sounds good. 
So, what is this? Is another more serious one. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your weakness? My weakness. This is in an interview scenario as well. So normally you would lie in this scenario. Oh, I could be. I probably would have to lie because otherwise I told them the truth. <laughs> What's your weakness? Wouldn't be good. Punctual, punctuality. <laughs> holding down a job. Yeah, <laughs> focusing. Would you present them um, with a resume after, with forty? What jobs could I them? say? My weakness was was it which out without losing the job. Um, good afternoon, T. Probably could say something stupid like, "Oh, sometimes I'm a bit shy." It's okay. This is, this is actually quite. We're getting an insight on how this man got so many jobs. Yeah, no. So, with no a one, resume with so many. No one on can it. dispute that. You see, they can't say, "Oh no, you're not shy." You know, they don't know you. So, in what decade did you start printing your resume on a scroll? <laughs> well, that was interesting. A, a friend of mine used to get on the computer for me, and imagine a resume. What? By that, I used to cut and put jobs in and out and. And close them up and extend them and. What do you mean? Just well, lie. Uh, lie. <laughs> <laughs> Was this your resume? Yeah. Oh. So, so it would just you know change the history of it. I oh, see. So you'd combine some. Because mm. sometimes I, had, I was had trouble between jobs, getting a job for a little while, and it be too big a gap and things like that. Okay. So I just extended it a little. Yeah. So I just closed it all up a bit, and you know that used to serve, serve me well. <laughs> <laughs> Good tips, good well, tips. Well, can you imagine people. me putting on a resume all those jobs? Oh, no. crazy. <laughs> You'd actually have a, a reference for almost every position. Yeah, that's right. Well, good stuff today. I think. A man, of, a man uh, of many skills, I could have said. I think that is all we've got time for the cinema projectionist. Oh, I just had one good. lesson that I learned from this one. Yep. If you're ever struggling to find work, maybe consider basing your appearance on a movie character. Good advice. <laughs> Very good advice. That brings the episode to an end. Join us next week when we look at another one of DK's jobs. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Want more Jobs My Dad Did content? Follow us on Instagram at Jobs My Dad Did. If you want to get in touch, maybe have a question for DK about his extensive CV, email us at jobsmydaddid at outlook.com. Happy listening.